right, everybody, welcome back to Real Talk. And today I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm getting away from football for a minute, getting away from the Raiders. I've been going crazy on that anyways. And I brought in a guest and somebody who I've admired, somebody who I've worked with a few times. Um, but she's worked with some of the most prominent names in sports. You've seen her with Oregon. You've seen her with the Warriors. You've seen her with the Timbers. Um, and she's got a shirt that's just kind of taken over the sports industry. It's the Diverse Voices tea. You can find her on her podcast, Amplified, where she talks any, from everything about divorced voices in sports all the way to different identities outside of sports. You can find her on Twitter as well at, at Meg Reyes underscore. We got Megan Reyes. How you doing? Hi, Kenny. Thanks for having me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm excited. I haven't yeah. recorded in a minute, so we're going to dust off the uh, the potting skills. I'm, I'm happy to there be here. Go. Hey, I haven't had an interview in a while, so it's always been just me getting on and ranting about the Raiders. And so I figure with everything that's been going on, it's, it's nice to have a nice little fresh, fresh breath of fresh air, get things going. Um, but to, to kind of dive into it, you know, you've had a, a pretty interesting, quick journey into sports. But tell me about the, the whole timeline of people that don't know. Yeah, um, I always say like let me condense this and then I end up talking for like <laughs> five minutes but um the story goes I always wanted to be in fashion um wanted to do the well I wanted to be Lauren Conrad I watched you know Laguna Beach in the Hills and I wanted yeah. to do the runway stuff and I can't I can't draw so that was a um <laughs> being a fashion designer was a very short-lived dream for me once I realized like well you can't draw and you're not that artistic so I went to college with the uh, ambitions of doing PR and marketing and just going that route in the fashion world. And my freshman year of college, our athletic department was hiring marketing interns. And I truly like was 18 years old and did not know what the word internship even meant. Yeah. Again, things that we aren't teaching kids <laughs> early right. on in, in school. Um, but I applied just kind of like, oh, sure, let's see what happens. Let's see where the wind blows me and got the internship. And fell in love. I remember I worked, I think my first game was, it was either a basketball game or a football game. And it's not to say I've never been to games, but it's different when you're on that side. It's different when yeah. you're on the sideline and you're, you're really close to the action and you're doing the behind the scenes work. And I fell in love with it and just completely pursued that throughout college. And also worked for my school's football team as a recruiting assistant, and then worked for the Timbers for a summer before I graduated. And I'm fortunate that I figured that out so early at 18 because I was able to tailor my experience to set myself up for an easier transition post-grad. Anyone knows it's really unfortunately difficult to get into yeah. the industry. Not to say that it wouldn't have been difficult had I maybe delayed my timeline a little bit. So there was certainly elements of luck there, but I got my first full-time job when I graduated at the University of Oregon and um, I was selling tickets. I was a nitty gritty salesman <laughs> on the phone and I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't want to be in sales. I, I never wanted to do that. I was a very shy person. A lot of people now that know me probably wouldn't think that about me, but I was yeah. very, very reserved and really scared to talk to people I didn't know. But at the time it was pretty much the one easier entry level way into the industry. And I did it. And now looking back on it, I don't regret it because I can now have no problem just talking to people. I don't know. Um, and then I came down to the Bay area uh, after two years at Oregon to work for the warriors 
and was there for seven years, or I'm sorry, not seven years, four years. And it was similar. It was very client facing. Um, but I really, at some point was like, this is, it's tiring to be in a very client facing, mm-hmm. um, e- external type of role. And I had always wanted to do something more marketing, a little bit more creative. So did a pivot. Um, I went to the video game industry for a hot minute and worked for 2k. And I thought for a while there, like maybe sports wasn't for me, but then I missed it. And at this point, you know, social media had evolved so much and there was a lot more creative opportunities, a lot more content opportunities. And I got a job at the athletic. And so I was there for two years doing both community marketing and then eventually social media. And that, you know, pretty much brings me into 2021 because I joined blue wire at the beginning of the year, um, and took this last, you know, 12 years of experience. And, um, a role was created for me to sit in a very cross-functional seat and get to do a lot of different things and help grow the, the company and help bring the Vegas studio to life and bring lots of content creators on. And then honestly, I just, at one point in the last couple of years, I never thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never thought I wanted to work for myself until the idea just kept creeping up. And I've realized that I've always had that entrepreneurial mindset since I was a kid. There's like a story about my dad that I can tell later when he was like, you've been this way since you were like four. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, in October, I did the thing and I went freelance. And so that's where I am now. Uh, It's been a very like lots of ups and downs and lefts and rights and twists and turns. But I know everything has got me to where I am for a reason. Yeah. And I mean, obviously making a career pivot, uh, making a career pivot. So, you know, during a time of like inconsistency, right? Like we don't know what's going on in this world and things are wild, things are crazy, but you know, navigating through that and the ebbs and flows and then also having a new puppy like that. Yes. (laughs) That changes things. Like people think, oh, it's just a dog. No, dogs are like kids. (laughs) Yes. I underestimated that because I knew how much work a dog is what I underestimated and didn't really think about was the ability to just go somewhere yeah um and I guess you know I didn't grow up with a dog but my brother and sister-in-law have one who's been in our lives for 16 years and so I just see like oh you know they just leave her they can just go do things but I totally underestimated that the years of puppy where they couldn't just do that Um, And so now with freelance and and travel and my next two weeks are going to be, I'm going to be on like eight different flights. It's not as easy to just come and go because then there's also the underlying aspect of, okay, where's she going to be? Who's going to watch her? How can I add this into my logistics? So yes, it does definitely add a layer that was (laughs) unexpected. Yeah. And I, I know that I got two kids. Right. It's the same (laughs) thing. thing. (laughs) It's like, I go to Vegas. I'm okay. What? Who's going to be picking the kids up? We're going to, what are we doing? So I, I get it. Um, you know, one of the things that that I that I admire about you is that you've been able to be very focused and and very upfront with you know mental health, talking about anxiety, talking about you know all the things that kind of go on day to day life. What what drove you to you know to kind of bring that to light and, and to bring have those conversations? Yeah, um, I can like so a little. I can give like a little background on like my mental health journey. So when I was living in Eugene, I had my first experiences with like anxiety and panic attacks that I never understood. And I don't think anxiety just came out of nowhere. It never comes out of it just anywhere. It's something you have. I know I've had it my whole life. I just 
it was masked because I was such a busy child and was a very um, on the go person in college, like multiple internships, jobs, sorority parties. Like I didn't know how to sit still, but that's now I, in hindsight, see it's because I couldn't sit still. Um, And so I went to therapy when I was in Eugene, but it wasn't consistent. I didn't have the right mindset. Um, I didn't have the right intentions. I just thought she was going to be like, here's what's wrong with you. And here's what we're going to do to fix it. So I gave up. And when I moved to California, I didn't pursue it again until 2020 between like some traumatic experiences and the pandemic. I was like, I really like, I really need to talk to someone. And so I've now been consistently seeing this therapist um, for the last like year and a half. And so the more I learned about myself and the more I talked to some of my very close friends, whom not to say that they never knew these things, but once we got like really vulnerable and like, this is how I'm feeling. And this is why I think it is dating all the way back to maybe in my childhood or maybe like, oh, wow, this thing happened five years ago. And realizing that a lot of us are so similar made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, okay, I'm not, and I I use this word very loosely because I don't, I don't like this word, but okay. I'm not the crazy one. Mm -hmm. Because when the problem with not having these conversations is we continue to isolate ourselves and each of us really start to truly think like, I'm just crazy. Like there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. when there's not. And all of us are likely experiencing or have thought or have gone through something similar. So the more I've had these conversations and realized, okay, I'm not alone. I eventually found some courage and confidence to talk about it publicly. And the more I see people reply or send really nice DMs or just sort of not validate because I don't need the validation, but affirm like, I also have experienced this and thank you for speaking up on it. Um, kind of continue, gives me that motivation to keep going and it was amplified and some of the other projects I'm working on around similar topics. All like my one hope when I started amplified and I think the same sentiment rings true for some of this other stuff is if just one person can feel less, less alone, if yeah. one person can learn something about themselves to help them understand like, oh, I'm just, I'm not crazy. There's not something wrong with me. Like this is a thing. When I learned, I talked about it on my episode with Jenny, when I learned from my therapist about cognitive distortions and how like these are scientific things and thought patterns that people have, I'm like, oh, okay. So that really wild random catastrophizing thought I have that I'm going to come home and my apartment's going to be burned down. Isn't just me being crazy. It's like, it's a thing. And I'm, she told me my therapist that she specifically wanted me to read that article to help me understand that scientists (laughs) have put a term to it because it's not just you. Um, So all that to say that I hope by being public and I hope by having these conversations, we can start to understand that we are all going through something similar, whether our journeys are different, whether our experiences are different. Oftentimes the, the internal um, obstacles are very similar. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that, that really sticks to me is you saying that, so somebody doesn't feel alone. Because I think oftentimes a lot of people feel alone. And um, like for me, my personal experience is, you know, music is kind of my way of like coping. Right. And, you know, seeing somebody like Kanye West or some, seeing somebody like a Kid Cudi speak publicly about the things that they deal with was like, OK, this is something that I can relate to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what are ways that you use to kind of take yourself out of that mental space or to kind of shift your shift your mindset? Ooh, um, I'm still learning. I'm still figuring <laughs> it out. Like, you mean like if say I'm in like in a bad headspace for the day, what do I do? Yeah. To- yeah. Um, right now, as of probably the last year or so, my thing is I go on a drive. Um, and the aspect of it is also, I think the music, but for example, yesterday, it wasn't even so much a, a bad headspace. I just was constantly on the go for almost 10 hours. And I realized like, wow, I haven't left the house since yesterday. And I just got up and told my dog, like, I'll be back. And I just got in the car and went on a drive. I just I, my thing for where I'm in, I'm in Walnut Creek. Um, I like to drive to Oakland and I like to just go sit at Lake Merritt and just kind of be by myself. And so drives are my thing. Um, it helps me clear my mind. It helps me just remove myself from the situation. And sometimes I'll call a friend, but one thing I'm trying to learn to do is be less reliant on calling friends or family when I'm having a difficult day or in a difficult, difficult headspace, because I think what's really important, um, in someone's personal growth is learning to be with your own thoughts and work through it yourself. Um, I, like, I have no shame sharing this, that one of the big reasons I'm in therapy is, um, my codependency on anyone, anyone in my life. And what the problem with that is, I've learned that sometimes, like for most of my life, I can't trust my own thoughts. So I need someone else to tell me like, Mm -hmm. yes or no, or kind of tell me what to do because I I just never learned to trust my own, my thoughts and like make my own decisions without someone else giving me like a a thumbs up or thumbs down. So that to say, when I go on drives, I really, really try to just be with myself so I can work through it myself and not rely on someone else to do it. So drives are big for me. Um, And then also with that said, sometimes calling a friend and just talking about something else Mm -hmm. is also really nice. But um, just listening to music, listening to music and just driving and kind of like zoning out is my thing. What do you do? I do say, uh, actually I do the same. I'm I'm a big driver. Like I told you, I told you one time, I was like, I I just drive around Wanna Creek. Like (laughs) I, I I will literally like, I will go like down North Maine, down yeah. locus i used to go through broadway plaza but they shut it off now yeah. and and i'll just drive and i'll listen to music and like one of my biggest things was you know especially like when my mom was going through everything um i would just you know get out and just drive and turn my music on full blast and mm-hmm. just unplug from everything mm-hmm. like my son would be sitting in the back and he'd just listen to whatever i put on like he's he's wild he listens to like tyler the creator and stuff he's three <laughs> and like he asked me to put on who that boy and i'm like all right i mean like <laughs> I'm a horrible influence, but yeah, <laughs> but at least he's going to have a really good, really good grasp of what good music is. Right. But yeah, I, I do that. Um, I call my dad a lot. Mm-hmm. I found that he's kind of that, that one person that I can kind of vent to and he'll give me like that straight, like no bullshit answer. Like, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, get your shit together. I talked to my wife, she's a therapist. And so oh, okay. it really helps, you know, that, that helps a lot. Uh, and then I have a therapist as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I work with him. Uh, I've been working with him for like eight years and he's helped me with a lot of stuff, just like with, um, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, everything that I've dealt with and, and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I can get into my story, but this is about you and, you know, I'm going to bring you on mine. So we can talk <laughs> about your story. Get the tissue I, 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 yeah. Today. I want to hear that. <laughs> But, you know, kind of pivoting from, you know, from all those things, I want to talk about the tea. I mean, because okay. that thing has taken over 
like social media, sports. We see it at, at sporting events. We see it, you know, from everywhere, from from Joy Taylor to to Steve Weiss to even I've got a hoodie that that I was wearing to the store the other day, and I hopefully some girl bought it because she was like, "Hey, I want that." And so, oh, that's so cool. What 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 prompted you to design it, and what I mean, tell me about that journey. Yeah, uh, it's so it's just so wild to be right before. I got on this recording and I like put out a tweet about not being able, like never being taught how to accept praise or compliments and I'm working on that. And so whenever people talk about, you know, the shirt and the merchandise, I'm just like, that's so, that's so wild to me. Like, I can't believe that it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for a while there, I was always telling people like, oh, it was just, it was a thought. It was a thought that came to mind and I executed on it. Um, and I was on a recording over the summer and someone challenged me of like, um, I'm going to push you a little bit harder on it. Like, was it a thought or really what were the circumstances that led up to you saying like something, we need to do something with this. And so I th thought more about it and she was correct in that, you know, at that point, I mean, it was earlier this year. So for 12 years of working in sports, team side, media side, pro teams, college teams, um, I didn't see many people that looked like me especially early on, early on in my career, I would yeah. be in meeting rooms. I would look at the top of companies and there weren't many people that looked like me. And we've known this is an issue. And in the last couple of years, um, peers and friends in the sports space, especially like my friends of color and of black men and women are talking more about how it's not a safe space. Well, it's not a safe space and also not an inclusive space for, for people like them. And so I, that's always just been like on my subconscious. And especially last year, Black Lives Matter, social yeah. justice movements, people talking about how we're going to do better. 99% of it was performative and we didn't see much change. And so I think all of these things compounded. And at the same time, I was trying to find something to keep myself busy that could also do good. Um, last year, I the height of the pandemic when I had way too much time on my hands, I was making, I was hand sewing face masks and selling them and taking all the profits and donating them to I, any of the organizations that were supporting social justice and um, uplifting black communities from like Black Lives Matter to um, Jacob Blake's GoFundMe and doing all this stuff. So I've always liked those types of projects where I can stay busy and it's not about the money, it's about how I can help use my platform to give back. And so I was, it was kind of that time of year again, <laughs> like, what can I do? And it all sort of compounded. And so when I say that the thought just came to mind, I now realize that the thought of the design itself came to mind, but it was like years and years of experiences and just observations that added to it. But the shirt design itself truly was just like a light bulb yeah. that went off. And I quickly like wrote it down and did like a very horrible mock on Canva just to like get the idea down, um, showed it to a bunch of friends and made sure that I showed it to each person that was representative of the group. Am I leaving anyone off? Am I offending anyone? Because it's the last thing we want to do here is to try right. and do good and end up like the main character or Twitter of the day, my worst nightmare. And um, I didn't have the confidence that it would 
be a success. And in my mind, it was like, this isn't about sales. This isn't about me. I just want to, I want to give back and I want to use my platform for good. But the like handful of people I showed it to where it was an immediate, like sell it. I'm a medium. <laughs> what is it going on sale? And so that kind of gave me some hype of like, I think this could go somewhere. And I mean, my, my intention was like, if I can sell 50, I'll be so happy. I was like, if I can just reach out, like if there's, if this just touches 50 people and they can um, relate to it, like I'll be happy. And I didn't expect it to be this at all. I mean, when you talk about viral sensations, this is, I mean, this is, and it's viral in a good way. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's something positive. It's something that's uplifting. It's something that, that is, it's true. We do need it. We do need more voices in in sports. We need more diverse voices Mm -hmm. everywhere, you know, and we look at kind of everything that's happened in this past year, just in sports with Carl Nassib coming out with, you know, with people talking more, take, uh, who was it? Uh, I believe Logan Thomas taking time off for, for mental health. Um, people being more open and honest about it than they ever have been. I mean, I I think like for me, I think my earliest remembrance of somebody being open and honest with mental health was Brandon Marshall. When he talked Mm -hmm. about his, his deal with his, his bout with uh, bipolar Mm -hmm. and we're having more and more people talk about it. And it's less, you know, because also I, I can say in the black community, we will say, we'll make a joke out of it. Right. Like he's crazy or he, you know, he's got CT or he's got, there's something wrong with him. Now it's more like, hey, no, let's take this time and like, let's really acknowledge it and, and have that conversation of what's going on and how can we help them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are some things that you see happening in the future? Sorry, my son just came out here. and Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, like with the project? Yeah. Or just with the project, what do you do you have anything new that you've got coming planned on or? Um, not currently. I mean, again, like I, my intention was March 8th. So I, the, the idea, um, came to mind like really late February and I'm like, how could I align? Like how, when should I do this? My birthday's March. I'm like, should I launch it in March? And then I realized like, oh, wow. International women's day is the eighth. And I reached out to a merch vendor I had used at a previous job and was like, Hey, it's me again. Like I have this idea. Is this something that you would be able to help me execute on? Like I don't know, in the next six days. And I intended to sell it March 8th through like the end of the month, you know, take the proceeds, donate it and just be like, I did some good. Um, Didn't expect it to go on for as long as it has. And um, everything sort of has a natural um, like cutoff. So, I mean, even in a perfect world, if every single person on this planet buys one, like there will eventually be a natural like, cut off to it but I haven't really thought that far because I just also didn't expect that it would be early December and people are are still purchasing and um supporters groups at soccer stadiums are asking to license it to put on banners um never expected it but um it's it's just a start right whether it's with this or a different project it's just a start and again like and I mean this sincerely like it was never about my name or or me it was like I wanted to create something that the community could really rally behind and come together and fortunately it was this and if I can use my platform for for that good then that's I've done something but I don't know yet I haven't quite thought it's not that time of year because it usually that like 
antsy, what can I do now creeps up like around spring. <laughs> so I don't know what idea is going to pop in my head in a few months. I'm excited to see what happens because <laughs> I mean, look, seems like everything you touch is gold. You know, the podcast is the podcast is going going great. I mean, you've got some great guests on there. Uh, you just crap, you just recap season one. Um, what do you what do you got on the docket for season two? I really so oh man. I I really want to speak more with um with athletes of all levels. I mean, I have a couple on my on the season now and our, our final two episodes. Oh, wow. Today's Wednesday. We unfortunately had to skip today, but the next two weeks are our last two episodes, one with um, a professional player and one with a college player. And I really want to speak with more athletes of all levels and kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago is, you know, continue to have these consistent conversations that just weren't being held up until yeah. really, really recently. And I want to talk to men and women of all color, of all levels. So to really, I don't, I really don't like the word normalize. And so I'm going to eventually have to find a better, a better word for that, but to normalize it so that people feel less alone. Right. And I think yeah. I have it. I have a niece who's almost 14, so athletic, softball, volleyball, all the things. And I mean, I feel like she's too young for me to be like, do you have anxiety? Are you okay? Like <laughs> what's going on with you? But should she, but that's that, that's that age. Yeah. Should she, and maybe she's not, doesn't want to talk about it. She yeah. can see people of any level and know that like, you don't have to let any thoughts of anxiety, any thoughts of depression, any, any mental health thoughts stop you from playing a sport. Um, yeah. So that's where I want to take it. Um, format. Not sure, but I just want to continue having these conversations because I think it's so important and part of, and like, this is why mental performance coaches exist. Right. But we know it affects, it affects oh, yeah. them on and off the field and, and the pressures and the struggles. And I also just want to ha um, have these conversations so that fans who don't understand it, the, I, I was talking about this on a Twitter spaces yesterday, the like you get paid X amount of money. Like, why do you have struggles in life? Hate it. Like we have to debunk that. And so I also yeah. want to keep having these conversations so that we can start to humanize these athletes because we need to separate who they are as a profession. Yes. From who they are as a human. And like, that's where I kind of want to take everything. It's exciting. I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And Thanks. Um, I said, I'm always open to talking. So I'm, I'm serious. We're, I'm, <laughs> we are actually talking about this offline because it's not, we're going to oh. reverse and we're going to talk about your experiences <laughs> on mine. <laughs> well, Megan, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with before we go? Um, I've talked about it a couple of times already, but I just, if anyone relates to anything we talked about, no, you're not alone. My DMs are open for anyone that wants to just like share and, you know, especially when it comes to anxiety, especially when it comes to depression and know that like, I'm a listening, I'm a good listener, I like to say, um, and that you can just talk to someone. And I, I use that term a lot while we were recording less alone, but no one's alone. We're all in this together. So thank you for having me. This was really fun. And I'm very serious. We're going to get you on mine and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to do this again soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on. You guys can find her at MeganARayes.com or on Twitter at MegReyes underscore. Megan, thank you again. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks.
Thanks, Kenny. Thanks. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.